Live from the Lincoln Douglas Building in downtown Quincy. The only local show taking a principled stand on the issues of the day. This is how it happens. It's the natural process of things. The view of the entrenched is predictable, but it's also erroneous. With Sean Seacrease. We have an addiction in this country, not only to government welfare and government handouts, but more fundamentally to other people's money. And Quaid. Again, you're dancing with government. This is the morning meeting. You cannot continue to advocate for status quo when status quo has run the ship aground. On Talk Radio 930, WTAD. Morning meeting on Talk Radio 930 WTAD. Making a call to the bullpen. I'm Sean Seacrest, and he's Quaid. Coming ah. up this morning, we'll talk with the Gateway Pundit right here on the morning meeting. We'll see what kind of mood he's in after a weekend in which we got more Quaid details about the FBI reopening the investigation into Hillary Clinton, the Anthony Weiner Huma Abedin connection, why that's important, and what may be going on behind the scenes in the FBI because of the uh, assistant director and his wife who was running for an open state Senate seat in their home state and funds that were given to her from uh, Clinton uh, political allies. And there are a lot of moving parts going on right now. It sounds like somebody might have to investigate the investigators. I'm unaware of this particular twist you're talking about right now. Which gets back to the old phrase of who watches the watchers. That's well, not going to be a conspiracy theory Monday, by the this, way. This, by the way, all started coming down. Uh, and, and Fridays have been big days, especially when it comes to uh, the, the WikiLeaks dumps. Uh, oh, it's they, just Info Dump Friday is the new it, federal it, holiday. Yeah, so then Friday, we, we figured that there would be some type of WikiLeaks uh, release Friday afternoon. Mm-hmm. But before any of that could happen, literally, what, an hour or two after we went off the air... You get word that this uh, investigation has been reopened yeah. uh, into the, those emails. And then little by little, you start uh, finding out more uh, over the weekend, how Anthony Weiner's uh, involved in this. I mean, it's, it's the top of the news every hour now. Would it be fair to say how he's inserting himself? The uh, Wall Street Journal has been leading on the reporting on this, and they've had sort of bits and pieces stitched together since that announcement on Friday. Uh, Reports now being confirmed that part of the reason that more information wasn't released was that the FBI and the Justice Department were at odds over how to handle the investigation. Ah. So you have the leadership for both departments at odds over how that was getting done. Uh, The FBI initially started their investigation into the Clinton Foundation to determine whether financial crimes were taking place and or influence peddling. This is using Clinton Global in order to receive money Mm -hmm. from foreign heads of state or Mm -hmm. foreign actors, foreign Mm -hmm. powers, and then having the Secretary of State meet with them or someone as connected to the upper levels of federal government as Hillary Clinton is. So that's where it started. Now, again, this is according to the Wall Street Journal, who's been kind of the tip of the spear on this. Um, Some investigators at the FBI grew frustrated with the case and viewed leadership in the FBI as uninterested 
Now it's come back around and saying that it was the FBI's second-in-command, Andrew McCabe. He was trying to fight for control of the investigation with the Justice Department. And McCabe is the one who has come under fire because he was overseeing the case looking into the Clinton email server scandal earlier this year. But his wife, Dr. Jill McCabe, received almost a half million dollars in campaign funding from political action committees tied to the Clintons. So she now, was running for an open state Senate seat uh, in Virginia there, but lost. So what they're saying now is that he wasn't he wasn't promoted to assistant director until after she had lost, so it wasn't a quid pro quo. But we're not talking about this is a Comey that we're talking no, about. No, this, this is, is this is this is assistant and his name's Andrew McCabe. You're gonna hear that name a okay. lot. From the Clinton camp, from people investigating this, nobody's saying he did anything wrong. But this is one of those things that you have to look at with skepticism, considering that his wife got a half million dollar donation from political interests. Uh, either we know they're aligned with, but closely tied to the Clinton machine, and she didn't win. But then he's in charge of investigating. Mm-hmm. The emails and yeah. money is given. Certainly and, a conflict of interest. Yes. So these are these are some of the new names that you're going to be hearing about going forward. Uh, the interesting thing for me is uh, is not only that the FBI reopened that, but the vitriol with which those in the Hillary for President camp turned on Comey. I mean, he was their hero. And now they've just thrown him under the bus. Well, you consider when this came out, there were, what, 11 days until the election. Mm-hmm. Uh, kind of unprecedented to say, let's let's rehash an investigation uh, from earlier because apparently we found more mm-hmm. evidence. Now, he is, he's got a devil's bargain there because the evidence is widely known to exist. So if he doesn't move on it, then it looks like he's playing favorites. And if he does move on it, it looks like he's playing favorites. Well, so it's all going to depend, you know, again, as Obi-Wan taught us, on depending on what your point of view is. It's the truth from a certain point of view. I remember, the, the, the Democrats almost en masse loved up on James Comey oh, yeah. over the summertime when he laid out the case against Hillary and, and said... But I don't think anybody in their right mind would prosecute this. Mm-hmm. And everybody's like, "See what a great stand-up guy he is. See what a what a what a terrific professional he is." There's there's he's got such a high bar uh, of of doing a, a a wonderful job. They loved up on him, and it was like flipping a switch. Now, oh, there's nobody worse than James Comey in democrat circles uh, today don't believe me go look at huffington post oh look at look at huffpo look at vox look at any of these things uh they are just they are ready to annihilate him because he once again acted by what he believes is is his conscience and trying to do right for the american people that decision came out in your favor the first time and it won't necessarily come out against you this time it's merely said we're going to look at this new information. Yeah, and, and if you believe, and you're left with saying, okay, is that was that the whole point when they found these extra emails that started popping up from Wiener's laptop that Huma had access to? Apparently, they both used it. 
uh, when they started getting those hits to Clinton on there, it, it does you know I, I understand that it's right before the election, but if he doesn't do it, is that him? Like you were saying, is that him all of a sudden not doing uh, his job? It's a, it's a it's a no win situation uh, for Comey right now. But if you're gonna say he's a stand up guy and he and he does his job wonderfully, he's a professional. You kind of got to say he's a stand-up guy. He, he does his job wonderfully, and he's a professional. So the ripple effect from this is, of course, is it going to impact her drive for the presidency? According to many polls and the Electoral <laughs> College, she is leading. Now, new polling released on Sunday shows that 30%, 30% of voters who said they were likely Clinton supporters now say they are not so inclined to support her due to the revelations from the FBI on Friday. 30%. That's not all of them are going to abandon her. Sure. But in a race in battleground states that has now shrunk to less than the margin of error, mm-hmm. if one out of three says, yeah, I'm probably nah, nah, I'm not, 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 not going to do it. You also have situations where that's trouble. Millions of people have already voted. Mm-hmm. And if you say that there's a 30% uh, that say that, it, that this uh, might affect the way they vote. You got to imagine that there's a, a similar percent that might be thinking, mm, "Did I do? Did I do the right thing in my early early did voting vote, right yeah, now? Did yeah. I vote too early? Yeah, that new polling uh, released yesterday shows more than thirty percent of likely voters say they are now less inclined to support Hillary Clinton. Thirty four percent of respondents said they were quote less likely to actually cast a ballot for Clinton. And uh, she's uh, seen her lead over Trump in, 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 in this is, is nationwide polling. So this is actually not worth as much as your on the ground battle state polling at mm-hmm. this point. But uh, nationally, it looks like 46 to 45 right now when you factor in a four way race. Now, this goes back to another interesting talking point, which has been how much damage is the Libertarian Party doing to Donald Trump? Because if he's trailing Hillary, 46, 45, and Gary Johnson's getting 5 to 7%. That's not just a wholly transferable number over to Trump, but more than 80% of it, I think. Really? You think, four out of, you think four out of five? Would vote for Trump or, or stay home? Yes. Okay. I, don't think, I, I think less than, if you're lined up behind Gary Johnson now, I don't think your next alternative is to vote for Hillary Clinton. But, no, I, mm, that's tough because I think if you're lined up behind Gary Johnson now, you're choosing to stay away from Trump. But that doesn't mean you're going to go pull the lever for Clinton. To me, the Gary Johnson crowd is essentially just sitting it out. They might as well not vote as to vote for Gary Johnson. But if you look at that and how many of those would actually go pull the lever for Trump on Election Day or Wait. during early voting? Dwayne Lester somewhere is going to want to put you in a hammerlock. That's fine, but he's talked about this. He he is he is taking a political stance mm-hmm. and and uh, objecting to the two major party candidates with this. He in no way expects the Libertarian Party to win the office. Now, what he does want, like many Libertarians, they want to exceed that five percent threshold so that they're then on state ballots. Right. So that's they're they're playing a different game right now. 
Mm-hmm. They're they're playing a, a shorter version. They're you know Democrats and Republicans. You're you're the, the the leaders out front. You're the two traditional parties in this country. You're playing for actual wins. Libertarian Party is they're, they're trying to turn the motor over on the lawnmower after a long winter. Yeah, you know they're 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 doing something else right now. Which one of these kids is doing his own thing? It's Gary Johnson smoking a blunt, looking for five percent. <laughs> That's what's going on for the Libertarian Party right now. But if he's not in, and this was was the worry at the beginning. Is you don't think that those, how many votes does he keep from the general Republican Party, and is it enough to cost Trump the office? Because if if seven percent of people are voting right now for the Libertarian Party for Johnson, if three and a half percent of those people stayed home and three and a half percent went in and held their nose and pulled the lever for Trump, that's the difference right now between a win and a loss. I st- I, I I just I don't see how. <sighs> Boy, that that scenario is is I I, I just at, at this point in time with what we know that because if if Clinton somehow does get elected and you say Johnson's the spoiler and mm-hmm. Trump loses by half a percent Clinton is going to be under investigation because it's not like this is going to wrap up Right. You know, by in Christmas. In the next three days. It's not going to happen. Right. So if she does somehow win now, you're going to have a Clinton presidency that comes into office under investigation. And it's back to the future. We've been here. We've done this. People said, if, if, you, if you're going to roll with this, you have to expect, mm-hmm. you get a Clinton, you, you got to expect this, this type of stuff to occur. And we're, we're not even there yet, and it's already happening. We'll see I, where I just it goes. don't. I just don't see how, at this point in time, how th- because of obviously this hurts Clinton, but I don't see how this makes Gary Johnson the spoiler for for Trump. And I am fine with having more than two political parties in this country. Believe me, but that's the breakdown. I think is 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 do we have are those seven percent who are lining up behind Gary Johnson? I guess here's the question I want answered, and I don't know the answer to this. Are those seven percent? actual libertarians who are going to stick with this party through hell and high water mm. or are they just anti-establishment voters this year i think they and don't they're like going to go choices. back to something else yep. so it, it it's dangerous because it gives you a misread on two things the strength of the the supposed strength of the libertarian party and I don't th- the, yeah. the, the the contentment with the two front runners. No, I don't. I, I so, think it's much more the latter right. than the former. So you can't this is another situation where you're in where you're like well we can't really believe those numbers long term I, uh, because I would also tell you that that does Gary Johnson embody what libertarians traditionally say they are? I, w- I would tell you on a lot of fronts, no. I, they, just as much as Republicans, conservatives say Trump doesn't represent us, I would say mm-hmm. that there are libertarians that Gary Johnson doesn't really represent us either. <laughs> this will continue to play out. We're one week from the polls coming up tomorrow. If you haven't early voted, this is critical information if you remain undecided that you need to take into account before casting that presidential ballot. And make sure you're paying attention. We always come back to this down ballot as well. Those are important mm-hmm. votes in your community, in your state, and uh, certainly at, at the federal level as well. All right, coming up this morning on the morning meeting, what's good for the goose is apparently good for the other side of the political aisle, too. What Governor Rauner has just done that he's been accusing his political foes of throughout his tenure, and the name we were warned about from Travis Aiken. We'll fill you in coming up next on the morning meeting. Giving conservatives a voice in the tri states. We missed stuff. 
moves people. It's the morning meeting on Talk Radio 930 WTAD. WTAD. Morning meeting on Talk Radio 930 WTAD. Sean Seacrease, Quaid, dialing it up in all of his former glory. I like it. I didn't do anything for the show for Halloween. Quaid went the entire distance. In fact, uh, I think this is a no cleats zone in the studio, so you might I, have I don't to have, take those off. I don't have cleats on. You don't have cleats on? No, these are all just... Right. He got the uh, the the Cardinal road gray baseball pants yes. with the Cardinal jersey and the Cardinal cap. Uh, mm-hmm. Going with the road look, I like it. Uh, college pitcher and uh, standout in his own right. So did it turn in the clock back and uh, and having some I fun did, here? My gloves downstairs. In case anybody wants, I'm going to need catch. a picture with the glove after the show. <laughs> See, we've actually we've actually you played take a picture with my glove, not just me. No, you holding the glove. Mm. Um, we've actually, I, I probably am one of the few people here in this community who can say they've caught you. You're probably the only person in this community <laughs> who can say they've caught me. Uh, I am the reason I think that, that Quaid still hasn't thrown because we went over what the signs were, and then I got them backwards. I told him, don't worry, we're not going to throw any sliders, and I got the signs reversed in my head, and then I had him throw like 30 sliders that day, and uh, yeah, his know. arm never felt the same since. You know, I That's gotta... what you get for not using a fully trained catcher. Hey, yeah, now, you know what? How many times did we go and play and nobody would catch? I just had to throw to an imaginary catcher until the bucket was empty. I wasn't going to let you do that again. There are some good catchers, uh, retired professional catchers in this community, by the way. If you want to throw to somebody who knows what they're doing. A lot I of times retired catchers aren't in a hurry to squat again. These guys are still in pretty good shape. Yeah? Okay. So, yeah, maybe maybe we can hook you up with that as a treat uh, here on the show. I would I love to I love to throw. Take it out and and uh, do some video of that. Uh, a couple of Illinois issues before we hook up, and I hope you have fun if you're doing, if you did Halloween over the weekend, that's awesome. If you're going tonight, have fun. Uh, I, I'm just I used to love to dress up and do that. Like throughout my 20s and early 30s, mm-hmm. costume parties and, and did the whole thing. I remember I going know. to a costume party at your house. Yeah, yeah, when we'd worked together previously mm-hmm. in, a, in a different market. Those were good times. I just, I don't know, the last few years, I just haven't felt like dressing up and, and doing the whole thing. Oh, well, if you're going to do that, have fun. Um, I guess I guess I could always just uh, put on a suit and shrug my shoulders and call myself an Illinois politician. Oh! At least until after the 2018 election. Governor Rauner accused uh, Mike Madigan and several of his uh, political adversaries in Illinois of not being willing to make the tough decisions, that specifically talking about the budget mm-hmm. and pushing things off and pushing things off, continuing resolution, undone budgets, partial budgets. Uh, now Governor Rauner is going to have to take some heat for a decision that he made. He and his team have decided to push off an impending and potentially budget-busting day of reckoning uh, over the 2003 state bond deal. This was done, obviously, before Governor Rauner was in office, but the due dates for these bonds was coming up now due to a Rauner announcement or, or his, his staff working with uh, the four banks, I believe it is, that uh, are involved with Illinois. They will be holding off on that debt requirement until November 7th, 2018. November 7th, 2018. Interest and fees 
uh, on it are, are right around 7%. That according to uh, someone in the Rauner administration. And I think this is a great quote. This is when you know that reality is, is, is on your porch. Uh, looking at the state's credit rating, the quote, uh, we got a good deal. So that's the that's the situation where we're at. Uh, it wasn't done specifically to hold off until after the next election. They were trying to actually get a four year window on this. I'm gonna say uh, cynics are gonna say an interesting interesting due date. Uh, well, not only is that after the next election, it's the day yeah. after the 2018 election. So now Governor Rounder is gonna have to answer some of those questions, and I think. Uh, he needs to. Uh, this is something that uh, th- this is this is part of the budget issue. You, you can't consider this a separate issue. This is part of the budget issue. Monies have to be repaid. Um, Illinois went for at that time under uh, Blagojevich a system in which uh, rising interest rates were worried about would have driven up repayment cost. But then they went to a floating rate bond. Uh, known as a swap. This is this is where we're missing Jeff Kennedy on this to explain this in in uh, easy to understand detail. Yeah. Essentially, what happened was during the collapse of 08, that whole strategy backfired. Rather than going up, interest rates plunged, and Illinois was locked into what we had taken mm-hmm. because we were afraid of what was going to be on the other side of the coin. So this is a situation where, in order you to meet these expectations, what do you need? You need a state budget so that you know what you're paying. So this is a critical issue for the state to get its arms around, but this is an offshoot of the budget. And if if you're not going to negotiate over the budget, and, and we've seen this, both Madigan and Rauner have declared 2018 is Armageddon. Everybody's going to push off every decision until then. They want to see if the if the uh, uh, veto-proof majority is still in effect for Democrats in Illinois. They want to see if Governor Rauner gets reelected because if Democrats lose their veto-proof majority and Rauner gets reelected, you're going to have a new day. Is it going to fix everything? No, but you're going to have a different strategy implemented for the state of Illinois. If Illinois reinstalls that Democratic majority and runs away from Governor Rauner and the governor's office, then all of the, the questions that were raised and the system that was challenged over the last four years is going to be wiped out, wiped away, and we're going to go back to the way it's always we're been. Gonna, yeah, we're going to double down on the way it's always yeah. been, and and who knows what Illinois looks like on the other side uh, of that. However, remember, remember when the partial budget deal went through. You talk about pushing everything off mm-hmm. and trying to stick it out and until perhaps uh, Bruce Rauner is not governor of Illinois. Remember the agreement on the partial budget deal was we'll deal in good faith after the election. Are they going to now come back and say, well, we didn't say which election? <laughs> I think that might be the play. And uh, finally, real quick, before we go and get uh, the Gateway Pundit with us this morning, remember this name that Travis Aiken threw out about a month ago when he was talking about doing your due diligence and justices in the state of Illinois? Lloyd Carmeyer. He is this afternoon going to be sworn in as the 120th Chief Justice mm-hmm. for the Illinois Supreme Court. Uh, Carmeyer has been on the court since 04. He got a lot of attention in 05 for voting to overturn a $10 billion class act judgment against Philip Morris. And the plaintiff's attorneys had actually wanted him recused because he had taken contributions from Philip Morris. Carmeyer denied recusing himself. Uh, he's also been involved uh, with the, the State Farm mm-hmm. issue and other things along the way. An issue apparently so hot-button 
that Travis wasn't allowed to comment. Travis uh, Travis wouldn't comment on it, and if you remember, Ben Yount, right in the middle of all of that, said mm-hmm. you can't say anything bad about the good neighbor around here. Yeah, so this is this is something that uh, Bear is watching. Uh, in reaching out to some people, nobody really wants to talk about the background here and what went on. It's almost as if, look, let the sleeping dogs lie here, but is is Illinois best served by that attitude when you're about to install a new chief justice? I think it's a fair question. Right. When you when you come back to, what were we talking about at the beginning of the show? You know, we're talking about uh, Clinton. We're talking about the foundation. We're talking mm-hmm. about, you know, who's, who's getting what types of contributions and how it all kind of seems uh, a little dirty and somebody needs to be above board about it. Is this to that level? Certainly not. Is it in the same family? We'll ask Travis about that again coming up on Wednesday. All right, the Gateway Pundit, Jim Hoft, he joins us next here on The Morning Meeting. Where we go, others will follow. That's who we are. Even if it's not the best idea. The Morning Meeting on Talk Radio 930 WTAD. This is Dennis Miller, and you're listening to The Morning Meeting here on Talk Radio 930 WTAD. He was willing to take the F for not doing it, but he was then worried about that. But it worked. Oh, yeah, because I was on the job. <laughs> it's the morning meeting on Talk Radio 930 WTAD. Sean Seacrease, my personal favorite relief pitcher, Quaid, with me this morning here on the boarding meeting, co-hosting along with Jim Hoff, the Gateway Pundit. Jim, I know Halloween's just one day a year, but I'm telling you, once you see the picture of Quaid in his full Cardinal regalia, I think he's going to be the best off-season signing they can make. Nice. Yeah. Nice. You'll have to put pictures out there. I like it. I, I don't think the Cardinals have a Yankee rule against ponytails. So Quaid can keep his ponytail uh, with the hat on <laughs> as he comes out of the bullpen. It's the morning meeting on Talk Radio 930 WTAD. So, Jim, you're the first person that we've really gotten to talk to since Director Comey uh, reissued and reopened his investigation into the uh, Hillary email slash server scandal. Now, this is not just a second look at those charges. This is a look at uh, new charges that have come up. But this was sort of dumped on that Friday afternoon info dump window in which they hope a lot of people aren't paying attention. Well, this is much too big a fish to fry for that. Uh, We went over some numbers that said, while people who were likely Hillary voters aren't necessarily going to vote Trump, 34% of them now say they're less inclined to vote for Hillary. This has huge ramifications leading up to next Tuesday's election. Yeah, that's a huge number, isn't it? And uh, on Friday, the FBI director, Comey, blew this whole election wide open. It was stunning, wasn't it? I didn't see that coming. I don't know if anyone did, but uh, certainly today it's, it's a completely different game and Hillary and the Washington Post and these liberal media outlets who were talking about how she was already measuring drapes for the uh, Oval Office, um, suddenly they have a, 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 different, uh, a different story on their front page. And uh, I don't know how she recovers from this, guys. I really don't. I think this is uh, devastating. Unless they have 
you know, what else could they have on Trump that they would release this week? I don't, I don't know what they could have that would be more devastating than what happened to Hillary. Yeah, you have, we were talking about a little bit earlier, Jim. If somehow, and I don't know that, that this will happen, but if somehow she ends up being elected, you're going to have a, a president who comes into office already under investigation. Unbelievable. I mean, I, I just don't see that happening. I really don't. I think, I think this was the final straw that broke the camel's back. And I put up a post just uh, maybe a half hour ago. Democratic pollster Pat Cadell, who uh, is on Fox News a lot and does actually some gravis uh, polling with um, Breitbart mm-hmm. this year. Um, but he came out and he was Jimmy Carter's pollster back in 1980. He described how the uh, the bottom dropped out on the uh, Carter campaign like the last week before the election. And he says that it's looking like the same thing is happening right now with Hillary. And he said that the uh, announcement on Friday by Director Comey was the popper. That's how he put it. The popper that started this uh, this slide, uh, you know, down the drain for the Hillary folks. So uh, it could be a very interesting week, guys. Jim Hoff, the Gateway Pundit, with us this morning on the morning meeting. Jim, one of the revelations uh, that we've uh, come to find out about over the weekend is that Donna Brazil, who has maintained her innocence uh, since uh, some WikiLeaks uh, releases, has now uh, been shown to not be so innocent uh, after all. You've got a story about Donna Brazil concerning Hillary and uh, questions before uh, some debates plus. Tell us about that. Uh, right. So uh, Donna Brazil, of course, she stepped in uh, to replace uh, Debbie Wasserman Schultz as the chairperson of the DNC. And uh, uh, they I guess they assumed she would be, you know, some innocent uh, person to, to fill the slot. Well, now all of this information is coming out. She was uh, slipping Hillary questions um, before some uh, event Hillary had in Flint, Michigan. Uh, I guess it was a, a town hall with Anderson Cooper, and, and Brazil had uh, slipped Hillary the questions beforehand. And then in another email by WikiLeaks, Brazil uh, admits that she's, she's uh, slipped several questions to the Hillary Clinton campaign. So uh, for these people who were Bernie supporters, he never had a chance. Everyone was against him. The media was against him. The Clinton campaign was against him. And now we know for sure the DNC was completely against Bernie Sanders from the get-go. So he didn't have a chance, and uh, I think I'd be a little upset if I was a Bernie fan today. Well, this is just the reinforcement of the notion that Clinton Global or Clinton Inc., or however you want to refer to it, uh, they're just about selling access uh, in exchange for power. You you see the the cozy relationship that's been exposed between the Clinton cap and uh, CNN sharing poll results ahead of releases so that they can coordinate together. Uh, you see what they have done with taking money from uh, foreign powers in order to gain access during her time with the Secretary of State. So this is the ultimate sort of pay-for-play gambit that's going on, yet we know from the uh, Alinsky tactics handbook that uh, the left loves to use, accuse your opponent of, of what you've done so that you can uh, move the needle in their direction. Everyone, Jim, in the media was decrying a situation in which you have a, a first world country, the U.S., 
It's uh, election results being questioned ahead of time by a major candidate. This was uh, the, the knee-jerk reaction to Trump when he said, I'll let you know at the time if I'm going to accept the election results. Now you could possibly have a president assume office already under investigation, as we were talking about a moment ago. This this just reeks of a, of, of a time of consternation, if not embarrassment, for the country. Um. Yeah, it's it's a bit embarrassing. You know, when Trump was saying these things about the system being rigged, um, boy, uh, n- now we have the proof that Trump was right. I mean, this guy, he has been something, hasn't he? It seems like everything he's talked about, there will be some big blow up in the media, and then you find out later that he was on to something. Just like uh, we, we found out this weekend that Trump in, in 2015 tweeted out several tweets about Anthony Weiner and how he shouldn't be trusted, and that Huma and him, uh, you know, uh, you know, he could he could put national secrets in jeopardy because mm-hmm. he's married to Huma, who is Hillary's advisor. Now we find out that Trump nailed it. You know, uh, we, we we find out that these these uh, the investigation with the FBI is linked to uh, Anthony Weiner's computer somehow, and so uh, it's it's amazing how Trump has been right on all of these issues. And, uh, you know, of course, uh, the media blasts him for it. But uh, uh, when things die down, Trump was right all along. Jim Hoff, the Gateway Pundit, our guest this morning on The Morning Meeting. Jim, you had a guest post go up that I thought was interesting. In this era of easy access to early voting, you had a guest post from Tom Franklin at American Outlook say that there was a surprising uh, rise in uh, Google results for how to change your early vote after this on Friday. Yeah, isn't that something? So several states we know have early voting now, um, and uh, I don't know if that's constitutional or not, but it certainly is uh, the direction the country's moving in. And for s- several of these states, uh, people are, are, are looking up and searching on Google, how do I change my vote once I've already voted? This was after the FBI announcement on Friday. Well, you know, shame on these people who voted and, and not understanding how crooked Hillary is. I mean, the writing's been on the wall for years that this woman uh, and her husband uh, just, you know, push push the limits on uh, on on the laws and the rules. And uh, so, uh, but now it's 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 interesting that this was a top Google search on Friday after the FBI announcement. Uh, some of the states, I'm, I'm basing my question here, Jim, off of the image that you've got connected to that story that you put up earlier this morning about states where you might be able to change your early vote. Uh, some of them, or at least one of them that, I, that I'm noticing, is important, I believe, to Trump's election chances. That's Pennsylvania. Right. Pennsylvania and Michigan and Wisconsin. Mm-hmm. And uh, all of those uh, states have been, uh, you know, considered battleground states this year. We don't know for sure, but, uh, you know, we'll find out next week. But, uh, yeah, it's important that people understand that it looks like there may be a way that they could change their vote um, uh, if they uh, if they do a little research and, and contact the right people. Yeah, that is going to be dependent upon your area that you're in, as well as what the uh, laws are regarding that in that jurisdiction. So if you've got some early voter regret, you're going to have to look into that and see if you can get it changed. Jim Hoff, the Gateway Pundit, with us this morning here on the morning meeting. Jim, you're going to get the final word on the show before voting day next week. Are you amped up about that? Uh, yeah, I think I think next week... Uh 
we'll see. Uh, I, I, the, the way things are moving right now, who knows what's going to happen in the next seven days. But the way things are moving right now, it looks like Trump's in a pretty good uh, position yeah. going into Election Day. All right. That's a lot of responsibility on you next week. We're looking forward to it already. <laughs> Jim Hoff, The Gateway Pundit, thegatewaypundit.com. Thank you, sir. Thanks, Jim. Thanks, guys. We'll wrap it up next on The Morning Meeting. Giving conservatives a voice in the tri-states. I mean, this stuff moves people. It's the morning meeting on Talk Radio 930 WTAD. WTAD. The morning meeting on Talk Radio 930 WTAD. Sean Secret Squaid with you this morning. Just a moment left. Ben Yount, Illinois Watchdog, coming up this morning, or uh, tomorrow, tomorrow morning, I guess I should say. Ben's segment got cut short if he's still coming it's up like, this what? morning on the morning meeting. <laughs> Next Tuesday, we're going to go to the polls. You're not an early voter. I'm not usually an early voter. We used to do, uh, in, in a different era, we did uh, more sort of live election night coverage here, and I did early vote the, usually the day before or whatever the last day was you could early vote. I think it's like this Thursday or Friday now. Uh, I would do that because I was involved, but we don't. I'm not involved in that anymore. So I'm a, a voting day voter again, and mm-hmm. it feels good. Yeah, I to like go to get out that. amongst the people and kind of kind of measure what's going on at, at the polls that day. Well, if we worked for the state, we'd get the day off. When to- you go to the poll next Tuesday. You'll have to take time out of work or do whatever. State employees in Illinois will not. Illinois remains one of 11 states where General Election Day is a paid state holiday for Illinois employees. I did not know that. Uh Uh-huh. Now, they tried to look into this for this report, uh, and I love this this line. Definitive answers are elusive. (laughs) That's that's Illinois government is its best. Uh, Chris Mooney, director of the Institute for Government and Public Affairs at the University of Illinois, said uh, this can't be a good government thing because if it's just state employees, what about local employees? What about the private sector? I can't think of any good reason to do this. If it gets people to vote, then it ought to be good for everybody. Okay, I've said that before. I think that anytime you're up, every anytime you have an election, that, that that should be a national, if not full holiday, then half holiday to give everybody the chance to vote. If voting is actually that important, and if we realized how important voting was, then you would be at least, I think, required to show the same level of ID you have to show to get a library book when you go to cast your ballot. But some don't want you to have to do that because it's going to undercut some of their uh, electorate. Ground game. It looks like right now, according to a 2006 report from the U.S. Election Assistance Commission, uh, they said Illinois established a general election day as a state holiday in 1943, but they couldn't determine why it was made a holiday. So there are no documentation from that 1943 vote as to why it was made a holiday. So pessimists... And uh, government watchers and, and, and political types all have come to kind of the same conclusion. This was a way for those who are already in office to use their staff to help turn out votes on Election Day. Ground game. So, yeah, it was, it was to enable the ground game even back then in, uh, in 43. You wanna, there's always an advantage 
to being the incumbent, whether it's just name ID or other things. But this is another big advantage to being the incumbent. You can use your staff who are getting paid by the taxpayers to take the day off and go to work for your reelection and help get your ground game out. And so you wonder why we're cynical. Yeah, that's uh, that's the case there. So just remember uh, when you're trying to uh, fit that in in the hustle and bustle of your busy day, you're actually paying for uh, Illinois state workers to get that day off so that they can help their bosses get reelected. Uh, Council of State Governments said there are 11 other states. I didn't print out the whole list here where General Election Day is a state holiday. Uh, and then a couple that are in-betweens. Kentucky, which we uh, you have people there. I've mm-hmm. lived there. Beautiful state. Kentucky gives a holiday to state workers only when the ballot includes a presidential election. So if it's just a statewide ballot or local, you don't get the day off. But they will next Tuesday because it includes a presidential election. Mm. And uh, New Mexico doesn't declare a full holiday. I think this is reasonable. They allow workers a two-hour window to go vote. So they just get a double lunch. Yeah, you get double lunch to go vote. I think that's kind of a good middle ground there. All right. We'll see how it goes. We're just a week out. Ben Gow, Illinois Watchdog, coming up tomorrow as we continue. And, yeah, there will be pictures of Quaid in full regalia. Maybe we can make that the faceplate for this show. <laughs> we can change the usual picture for the podcast to this one, maybe for the Halloween edition. Just for today? We'll see how it goes. Okay. Just for today. Trick or treat! Usually not the way I use that phrase, but I think that'll work just for today. That's going to do it for us. Thanks again to The Gateway Pundits. More morning meeting coming up tomorrow. Adjourn. Join us again tomorrow for the best talk in the tri-states. The morning meeting on Talk Radio 930 WTAD.